Me and the other mums, we, we didn't really know each other. A few of us would say hi, but um, we really started to talk to each other and get to know each other, and we built a support network between each other because of the eviction. And one person stood up and started clapping, and the whole two or three hundred of them just applauded us. And that my life changed in that second, because all I ever wanted as a gay man was to be accepted within the working class community that I originated from. The people that think they're in power, they actually work for us and we don't work for them. And that's a key message that we all need to get together and fight for our rights. It doesn't really matter about losing. What matters is fighting, yeah? If you don't fight, you just roll over and you play dead, yeah? So it doesn't matter what the odds are against you. It's so important to fight. And you just never know what's going to happen and... and, and, how things are going to turn around. These flats have been empty. The downstairs two have been empty for at least eight years. The top two have been empty for at least four. They're in beautiful condition. They're ready for people to live in. Mm. These these are only four flats out of what over two hundred and fifty, yeah. like that on the estate, which are empty, which are which are begging to have people in them. Excluding a certain part of your society, whether it's single mums or immigrants or whatever. It means that we're missing part of our army, we're missing part of our brothers and sisters. Hello, I'm Dave, I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better, please make me better, I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with the Focus E15 mums. I'm recording this intro and outro, walking back from spending a day with the people at the Focus E15 open house occupation. It's been an amazing day. I have mostly spent it uh, playing with children and helping to put out clothes and food which are offered for free as part of a free shop to anybody that wants to take them. And uh, talking to people, talking to people about stuff, life, politics, things that matter. It's been very inspiring as a day, but it's not enough to say that what they're doing is inspirational. It's not a jolly, happy thing to have to fight for your rights. That's not fun. That's not jolly. But... Within that, people coming together in solidarity, people uh, taking a stand and trying for something better and presenting alternatives, those things are exciting, those things are inspiring. So it's been an amazing day, but I wish that it hadn't happened. I wish that it didn't have to happen. I wish that we would just give people who need houses, houses, and not move them from their communities, especially when... Those communities have empty houses that are going to waste. This isn't the BBC. This isn't going to be non-biased, in inverted commas, reporting. This is going to be me talking to some people and listening to some people who have some stuff to say that I agree with. And I make no apology for that. And if you're listening to it and you don't agree, that's fine. Have a listen anyway. Have a listen and see what you think. You don't have to agree with me politically. Hey, most of the people that I met today and worked with today and spent time with today, we don't agree on necessarily the finer points of politics. Who cares about that? We're human beings and we have that in common.
and we can listen to each other and we can hear common causes. We can hear about common experiences that are important and we can reach out to each other and care for each other regardless of the fact that we're different because we're different and we are also the same. To find out more about what the Focus E15 mums are doing, follow them on Twitter. They're at Focus E15. And also you can find out what's going on in the open house occupation at E15 Open House. Uh, They're also on Facebook at the E15 Open House occupation and Focus E15 Mothers. The podcast is also going to contain a talk from Mike Jackson, who is one of the people, the real-life people, that the film Pride so brilliantly depicts at the moment. Like, go and see the film Pride as well. Like, that's a big recommendation for me. I loved that film, and it was one of the reasons why I came and stood and spent time with the Focus E15 mums, because... We need to have solidarity now. It's a time when we really need it. Like getting better acquainted, this show, I do conversations with people and they are all different kinds of people and they are more similar than they are different in many ways. And where they are different, those differences can be understood because of the similarities that we have. We have the capacity to empathise with each other. We have the capacity to have solidarity with each other. And we have the capacity to say no more. We need to stand up for ourselves. One thing that today's show is certainly going to show is that I am not a journalist. I am just a guy that doesn't really know how to do this journalism business. But I'm going to do it anyway. With all the umming and likes and awkward starts to interviews that that entails right um so i'm finally after a whole day of 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 you being so busy to catch you like you're running everywhere i'm so impressed with your like just your energy um i finally am speaking to jasmine who is one of the focus e15 uh, mums uh hello jasmine hi okay <laughs> i'm good um so yeah like how did this happen like what, what why are you here? Why are we standing outside outside these occupied flats watching some people put up a screen? Well, in August last year, me and 28 other mothers from the Hostel Focus E15 were handed eviction notices to say we had to leave our properties and um, the council started offering us accommodation in Manchester, Hastings and Birmingham. So we've been having um, demonstrations and we're currently having a political occupation of a flat on Carpenter's estate to highlight the issue of um, perfectly good condition empty homes and people being sent out of London. Yeah, I mean, my understanding of it is that these aren't, um, this isn't an illegal occupation, right? It's, it's un, it, it, They're going to decide on Thursday if it's unlawful. Yeah. But it's not illegal what you're doing. You're just taking back these these, these properties that are currently not being... Yeah, in. that's right. Well, um, it's illegal to squat now in this day and age, but... Um, but we've No, no, we've got a rotor, so we're taking it in turns and people staying here. It is a political occupation and we'll be going to court on Thursday at 10 a.m., County Court um, and the decision will be made of what happens next from there. And were you political <laughs> at all before this, like this, this experience? 
Uh, no, I wasn't actually. Um, I started to become political, get involved with everything. When I was handing my handed my eviction notice, um, it was like I was woken up to the real world and saw all the corruption and all the things that were happening and started to meet people on the street and get organised and I learnt about what's happening with all the cuts. Yeah, I mean, as, as far as I understand, you, you, <coughs> you sort of like went next door or whatever down the street and said, have you got, have you also got this this letter, right? And that's kind of how you guys started to organise. Yeah, definitely. Well, me and um, the other mums, we, we didn't really know each other. A few of us would say hi, but um, we really started to get talk to each other and get to know each other and we built a support network between uh, between each other because of the eviction. Yeah, we wouldn't like we wouldn't give up. We was always gonna get up and put up a fight. We we wasn't gonna let them tear us away from our families. Yeah, I mean, and I don't mean this in a patronising way, but you're you're young people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the hostel consists of 210 flats. It's the largest hostel in Europe, and um, each resident that lives there is under the age of 25. A lot um, suffering from domestic violence or coming out of social services care, being homeless. People that are housed in Focus E15 are usually rehoused there due to being vulnerable. And, and 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 yeah, like I mean, that's what I, one of the things that inspires me so much about what you guys are doing. Like, I see young people as one of the most like least listened to groups, like one of the most like powerless groups, if you like. And like, you guys are taking like the power. I mean, you know, taking on the power at least. Like, you haven't necessarily got the power yet, but you want it, and you, you should have it. You know, you, we should all have a, the right to our own house. You know, it's not yeah. a, it's not a particularly big ask that you're asking for with us. No. Well, um, social housing is a basic human right. Everybody deserves a decent place to live. And, like, I think people really just need to get together and stand in solidarity or organise with each other and remember that the people that think they're in power, they actually work for us and we don't work for them. And that's a key message that we all need to get together and fight for our rights. And so you've got this court case on Thursday that I, I'm going to be coming down to support. And I, I, anyone listening, if it's before Thursday, please come and support uh, these people who are doing an amazing thing. Um, but what, 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 what next after that? Like, what... what if that because you know, it could go either way right yeah definitely well um our campaign is fighting for decent social housing and not social cleansing so um our campaign's been wired up to help well we want to help everybody and anybody that has a housing problem and really just get organized get everybody together and stop putting an end to the housing crisis and and you, you know one of the things I think is amazing about this is that you guys are you guys are in charge of this. One of the things that people have tried to say is that outside groups are coming in and taking over. Now I've been here all day today, and that is definitely not the case. Like you and Sam are running around. You're in like you're not in charge because it's a, it's not that kind of an organisation no, or structure. Yeah. But you guys are at the forefront of your own taking charge of your own like lives. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, we've had so much support from other organisations and groups, but um, the ultimate decisions have been made by me and other mums from the hostel. But the support has been absolutely amazing, and the only way you can get anywhere is if you have that support from other people, because the issue is all people going in their separate groups and doing their own things. We all need to get organised together and fight in solidarity. Sure. I mean, that's an amazing thing. I'm going to stop this recording because we're going to uh, watch a film in a minute, but it's from 
from the it's from the one of the people from the film Pride, uh, which is all about solidarity between different different groups, and uh, that's what I've been seeing here. And you know, I, I know it's hard, and I've, 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 I, but I'm so amazed by what you're doing, and I'd like I'm properly like humbled by it. Like you know, I've, I've got people in my family who've been in similar situations to to, to, the, to the E15 mums, and it, it's so good to see like you guys coming together and not like buying not like you're not you're not the people think like young mums very differently from how you guys are you know you're politically active you you know you're, you're, you're organising this whole thing it's just like it's exactly what I know young mums are but it's not what people see yeah. so it's such a great thing so thank oh, you very much yeah. for thank me, you let me wrap it on you <laughs> thank you very much thank you thank you right so I'm um, I'm in the the carpenter's estate right that's the, this that's the, the estate we're in wow this is the this is the level of uh of action that's going on around me i've managed to grab two people who are in different ways supporting the uh, focus e15 uh mums um yeah hi hi both of you um uh, right so like so yeah i guess like before we we talk like who are you both like would you want to introduce yourselves um, my name's Ema. Um, I'm a like, theatre maker and artist and activist, and I've been involved um, with the Focus campaign since about April. Yeah, and supported it since then. Brilliant. And who are you? Hi, um, I'm Andrew. Um, I first became involved with the campaign in about November, November, October. Um, I'm a member of the South London branch of the Revolutionary Communist Group. And yeah, I'm proud to be supporting it today. Yeah, I mean, so I'm hoping to grab some act- the actual mums to talk and tell to tell their story because I want people to you know hear their story from their mouths. But I'm also aware that it's so busy here, uh, so many activities going on all day that it's unlikely I'll manage to catch them. So I mean, w- would you guys like? W- so you've both come to this slightly from different sides of things, um, and, and you know what 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 drew you to this campaign? What is this campaign? And and, and that sort of thing, really, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the campaign began um, with uh, these women, uh, Jasmine and Sam, were in a halfway house, uh, what I refer to as a foyer, Focus E15, which was uh, due to be closed down uh, thanks to the funding being cut off. So they decided to organise to prevent uh, this eviction, and they happened to come across um, my comrade Hannah, who was talking about bedroom tax. And they said, you know, how can we do something like this? We're trying to organise people in our hostel. They already had that idea that they wanted to get organised. And then um, Hannah was able to provide some of the materials. So what used to be an RCG stall became something much bigger. It became a uh, Focus E15 campaign stall. And a lot of people who wouldn't identify as socialists or communists or this or that um, have become involved and stuck with it. Yeah, because it's definitely a coalition of politics here. Like the fact that I'm speaking to one person who's a communist doesn't mean that everybody here is a communist by any means. Like, There's plenty of anarchists. Yeah, right. Well, and people liberals. who wouldn't define themselves Absolutely. as anything, right? Yeah, totally. I think that's the thing. Is this is something that um, unites um, unites people 
well, this campaign has, I think it has shown that, that there are people from all different walks of life and we've come together and made some sort of um, kind of screw with, but quite amazing supportive family uniting on the same thing. And that has extended in towards this action, I think, as well, in the, in the response that we've had from the local community here. And obviously then we've had a lot of press attention um, and, and then the wider, like, London and then people all across the world. And it's a, it is a thing which people feel very strongly about I think whatever walk of life you are yeah home yeah it's we home it's hope, fundamental to everyone isn't it so um, I think that is something it's a real like beautiful benefit of, of, of what we're doing of what's going on here yeah and, it, and it's, it's, a, it's a campaign that was started literally by the people that were affected by, by, the, by the eviction essentially not eviction yeah. but like whatever you would call yeah, what the yeah. council did it seems to me social like an eviction yeah. right social cleansing is a good word for it yeah and in fact, I mean, um, we're in the show flat room, like of the of the occupied flats. Mm. There's four four occupied flats, mm. and this is like a good flat to live in that we're mm. in. There's no reason that people shouldn't be in this room that we're in now, living their lives. Um, so it's, I mean, it's it's really mm. clear to me. Like I would advise anyone listening to this and who can come, come and come down and mm. see what it's yes. like and meet the people. Yeah, um, in the background, uh, you can hear uh, Safi crying a lot, who I've been playing with all day, um, and she's not been crying the whole rest of the time. I'd like to make that clear. Oh. Um, but her mum's been just taken up with doing court stuff all day, and it's just got to the point where she yeah. wants her mum. So just to give th- some context, this, this is a very safe and pleasant environment. Yeah. That, you know, outside today, I've, you know, there's been children's activities, food being made. It's been a re- it's a really communal, wonderful mm. experience. I mean, I'm, I'm only emphasising that point just because I think I feel like the the crying baby might be misinterpreted um so yeah I mean and I mean so you guys you're putting a lot of time and effort into to being here I mean uh, both of you both times I've been you've both been here and you've been running around phone calls all the time um I mean it must be exciting as well as like upsetting yeah I mean I guess I mean it's the most amazing experience I've had like uh, just being the I mean it's inco- obviously incredibly intense and we're obviously mm. I think learning all a lot quite a lot very quickly because we didn't we didn't quite know what would happen when we came in here we didn't we knew that these flats would be in an all right state but we didn't know quite how amazing they were we never right. no one really could have anticipated brand new fitted kitchen brand new fitted bathroom with a power shower with a beautiful living room that is exactly where we are right now like it's it's amazing and then no one could we didn't quite know what you know what the situation would be with how long we could stay and what, what we might be able to run here um, so to set up a social centre which is what we've done right. um, and have a free shop every day um, have a kind of a really kind of food bank as well give a lot of food away um, cook a meal in the commu- for like anyone around in the community every evening and run a series of different workshops and hold a different kind of events um, throughout the days and nights every day um, has been um Unexpected, like I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember what it was like before we did this, but but it was um, it's been absolutely amazing, and the input of all these different people coming from all over to yeah. to help is just overwhelming and inspirational. Yeah. It's, it's been really moving to me seeing so many different kinds of people from different backgrounds just coming together and saying, right, what's happening with housing in this in this city mm. is just not mm. not right, mm. and and you know not everybody wants that to change. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like. 
what what is Newham Council? What is their plans for this for these houses? What what do they intend to do? What do you know? Well, since since we since we've occupied, um, they've been saying that we are if we weren't here that they would put, be putting people in them, which is obviously I think everyone can tell that that's complete rubbish because these flats have been empty. The downstairs two have been empty for at least eight years. The top two have been empty for at least four. They're in per- beautiful condition. They're ready for people to live in. Mm. These these are only four flats out of what over two hundred and fifty, yeah. like that on the estate, which are empty, which are which are begging to have people um, in them. Um, and the, for for Newham Council now to be say that we by being here and occupying are stopping other people from living in this flat is obviously absolute rubbish. Um, and uh, the other thing which part of Newham Council are doing in other section in other parts of Newham is that they are when they want what they change the secure tenancies to try and put them onto rolling month to month tenancies mm-hmm. um, so that they can make a, an estate look populated and have lots of people apparently there but actually they have total control over when they empty that estate if they want to demolish it. Um, so that is something that we also don't want here. Is we don't want people on temporary contracts. We want people to have long-term secure tenancies. Yeah, and the, the I mean the interesting thing is even if they're going to say, oh, were, were we going to put people in? Why aren't they putting in the very mums who've occupied it? Because they yeah. say to them that they've got to go to like what, Manchester, Hastings, Birmingham, place, yep. Birmingham like where they where they haven't got families, mm-hmm. they haven't got a support network. Mm-hmm. Well. If they are going to put people in, fine. There's people here. Fine, great. Yeah, that's sorted. We're that's here. what we've been saying. You know, these people need houses. These people need homes. These homes need people. Yeah. And we've shown that when we oh, come yeah. together and uh, and, and get yeah. organised um, without the council, when we represent ourselves and organise among ourselves, what we can achieve. Uh, this is a beautiful place to stay, to come and visit. There's plenty of food that's been donated. There's plenty of stuff to drink. There's plenty of things to do for children, for adults, for political people, for non-political people. Um, And this is all being run uh, voluntarily. And it's been run in a sense of like giving something back as well as like, you you know, that's what I like about it as well. Like the free shop outside, people from the local area, they can come and get clothes, they can come and get books, they can come and get things like that they might need. And in exchange, they can give support. Like it's a really beautiful, I mean, for me, it's been very moving, you know, um, to see people actually getting stuff done and coming together, which is so rare to see in politics, maybe, but in society as well, you know, Mm -hmm. that people coming together. It's so rare to see. And like tonight, you've got guys have got the uh, one of the people who was involved with the, the gays and lesbians against the miners uh, strike, the support Pride, the right? Support the, against the, <laughs> the, the opposite, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, which the film Pride is about. Mm. And I saw the f- film Pride, and that was one of the things that made me mm. determined to come down here to mm. like to see this because it's about time people were giving solidarity mm. across across uh, groups, and that's what's happening here. So it's very exciting. But you know, off. I don't want to um, make it sound like it's always exciting and fun. There's a serious side to this, right? Because I guess like tomorrow, it's a, tomorrow they're you're in, they're in. Well, no, Thursday they're in mm-hmm. court, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's 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 looking like? What are they trying to do here to to, to the mums here? Like they're trying to get this 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 wonderful thing to stop. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's an embarrassment for the for Newham Council. It's an um, we are we're showing them up their hypocrisy by being here. Um, and this is a, is a statement in itself by occupying this property and going, look at what an amazing state it's in. Um, that 
that is that is totally Newcastle don't want to don't want to see that, so they want it uh, to be gone as quickly as possible. And they also try and taint taint, taint the whole thing as being a load of um, uh, what well, agitators and hangers on, or you know, like just people who want to cause trouble. Or there's, something a, like that. there's an important point to make there, which is that Jasmine and Sam themselves will always say that they are agitators, they are yeah. activists. Yeah, they're, they're completely in charge of their own opinions. We have open democratic meetings. And then we have meetings for people who've been more involved in the campaign. And we all get a chance to have our say, to debate things, to fresh ideas out from all sorts of different you know, political trends and yeah. uh, perspectives. Everybody's being listened to here, right? And that's mm. something that, no, like in the wider political sense, people feel like we're none of us being listened to. Yeah. Here is a place where people will listen to each other and decide things collectively. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing that is inspiring about it. Mm. Um, if people want to <clears throat> support what 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 is happening here, they should obviously come and sit, come come down and see it. Um, and I'll give out the details later when, like in the in the episode, when my mind's not not thinking about an interview. But um, but there's also like Thursday, which will be tomorrow when this comes out, is a really important day for people to come and show support, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. If, if anyone can come down to the the court at uh, our court case time hearing is at 10am um, so we're planning to be outside the court from 9.30 um, and we'd love as many people as possible to come and make a racket yeah and hope, I mean hopefully you'll still be here after that yeah I mean yeah. If, if we if we lose we'll be out probably within 24 hours right um, if we win then we'll we'll stay here and continue to do the work we've been doing mm-hmm. and whether you win or lose I, I'm sure Focus 15 mums are going to carry on Absolutely. agitating and getting people together yeah this campaign yeah. isn't just about um, Newham it wasn't just about the Focus 15 hostel it's not just about the Carpenters estate right it's about the whole of the UK yeah, I mean, you've it's got... the whole of London. You've got, I mean, you've got a poster downstairs that says, you know, all of the different places in, in London where these, yeah. this problem is happening and yeah. it, we are not alone and yeah. linking it all up. Yeah, no, absolutely so right. This is a big campaign for fair housing for all. Yeah, and it's not even just London, right? No. I mean, it's, 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 it's any big city in this country yeah. at the moment, yeah. Yeah, and I think that sorry, there's one thing yeah, that I would on. really like to emphasise, which is that as you were saying, this thing hasn't just happened overnight. It's taken a year, um, just over a year of people coming out every week. Uh, we've been doing a stall on um, Stratford Broadway um, outside Wilkinson's from twelve to two every Saturday. We've had um, open planning meetings afterwards, which mm-hmm. people are welcome to come along to. And it's good now that the profile of the campaign has been raised mm. uh, with the um, reopening of these homes as a mm. social centre, as an open house. Mm. But it also takes a lot of hard work, a lot of um, organised effort. Mm. Um, this isn't the first uh, sort of thing we've done to try to raise awareness outside of the street stall. We've occupied um, East Thames uh, show flat, the housing office. We've followed um, Robin Wales relentlessly. Yeah. So please come down, have a conversation, get involved, and let's get organised, and then we can do this in more places. Yeah, and if you, and I guess it's, as well, if you're having housing issues, if you know, yeah. definitely come along, come down, find out how you can do it in yeah. your area, and 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 share the, 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 <laughs> the learning that this that's happening right here in this house. Mm. Well, thank you both for yeah. taking some time out of your really busy schedules. I mean, I I can't convey, convey how busy it is here to l- the listeners that you just have to come and see it, but it's busy and it's exciting. 
and and it's up you know a really important cause I think and I'm so glad to have been able to do a little bit of whatever I've been able to do put out put out some put out cloves that's what yeah. I mainly managed to do um, but anyway thank you very much both of you thank for your time you. thank, thank you <laughs> thank you for coming. Um, I've had an amazing journey recently. Uh, who, who, just stick your hands up if you've seen Pride the movie yet. About half of you, okay. Um, we never ever expected that our lives and our political struggle would be depicted in a, a big movie, so you know, you too might get this opportunity one day, who knows. Um, I'm going to show a video that we made at the time. So this is 30 years old. Like everything that we did, it was very hammy and amateurish, but that doesn't matter. We did what we did. Um, I'm not going to show all of it. It's called Dancing in Delice. And there's a website there where you can see the, the, the full thing. Um, but it'll give you an idea. It'll show you us as we were then. I've actually got hair, and I'm not quite as uh, rotund as I am now. Uh, and I'll also just point out some of the characters, the real characters, who are actually in the movie as well. Okay, here goes with technology. Watch the whole thing. It's uh, available online www.coolcave.co.uk, and it's called All Out Dancing in Delice. Um. So you get a you get a flavour of what it was all about. What what uh, Thatcher was in a second term of office. People were really pissed off. It was quite clear that she was going for the working class. <laughs> no change there then. Um, and basically, it was it was such a massive thing the miners' strike. It really did divide Britain into two: those who were for the miners and those who were against them. And you really couldn't afford to equivocate in positions like that. So it really split the country, and of course there were millions of us, powerless, who rallied to the miners' defence. And one of the things that the Thatcher government did during the strike early on was to sequester the funds. She just went in and said, we're having your assets, you can't touch them, we're freezing them. In a sense, I think she shot herself in the foot because of that, because what she did, uh, it provoked the miners. The miners, had, they were, she was attempting to starve them back to work. So what the mining communities and the NUM did was that they asked everybody to twin with the different mining communities. Well, when you think about it, that, that was a much more intimate connection that you had to the miners because it was direct. Uh, and we'd collected money at the Gay Pride March in 1984. Um, uh, we'd collected outside gay pubs and clubs and we had to decide which mining community to twin with. And it really was pin a tail on a donkey. And uh, we decided to, to uh, uh, support this mining community on the very western extreme of the South Wales coal field. Uh, and their coal was the best coal in the world. It's a coal called anthracite. Um, and I was secretary of the group, and I remember writing this letter to them. The movie is a movie. It's not completely real. Lots of it, It's fictitious. Uh, there's a wonderful scene in the movie that depicts this. But in fact, what, what happened was I wrote a letter to them posted that letter in King's Cross where I live and, and just so I'd love to be a fly on the wall when somebody at the other end opens that one. What I've only found out in the last month or two really is actually what the reaction was and uh, the miners had their weekly meetings just as we did and they had theirs on Sundays as we did. That letter was opened amongst a load of others and they laughed. <laughs> Fine, yeah. 
Uh, and then they asked themselves why they were laughing, and that provoked a discussion. And they worked collectively as a, as a community. The extreme homophobes were basically told to fuck off and don't show a presence here. They then contacted us and Hefina, played by Imelda Stoneton, was secretary of their group. She said, don't send the money to us, we will send someone to meet you. And uh, the bit in the movie that's absolutely true is we met Di Donovan by the zebra crossing at Paddington Station, took him into a local cafe, we asked him how it was going, and of course there's a tremendous hardship. Uh, that part of Wales is all valleys, so getting food parcels around and firewood, because the coal supplies got cut off by the coal board uh, was hard for them to do uh, and then we invited him that night totally impromptu to the Bell in King's Cross which was probably the first radical alternative gay bar that there was and he came on stage and he said to the people in there, about 200 people, I've come to extend the hand of friendship from the South Wales mining community to the lesbians and gays in London and the, he was such an eloquent speaker, of course, everybody in there just went, yes! Yeah. And that story continued. They invited us to go down, as they did with all the support groups, periodically, to, to go down and stay with them in their homes, uh, to, to build that solidarity, to prove that they were spending the money that we collected for them wisely and properly, etc. And uh, that first visit we made in the October, so this is a good six months into the miners' strike, and whereas in the movie there's eight of us going, in reality there were 27 of us went, two Hackney Community Transport minibuses, and my mate, straight mate Tim's clapped out old Vol Volkswagen camper back van. Uh, there's everything that was wrong that could be wrong with the vehicle was wrong with this vehicle. Um, and we went down there, we got lost in the valleys, we were meant to meet at the Miners' Welfare Hall to be farmed out to different mining communities, too late, it was one o'clock in the morning, so we all, 27 of us, stayed in Di and Margaret's house, along with two children, two border collies and themselves. <laughs> and then the next day we were taken on a rally in Swansea, uh, we had our LGSM banner with us, absolutely no problem, and then the Saturday night, it was the big do at the welfare, the Ontloin Miners Welfare Hall, and we did meet in the car park at seven and we were a bit nervous about what the reaction would be. It's a big working men's club, essentially. We went through the little concert hall, all these old men playing dominoes, smoking pipes, so they didn't give a toss. Then through the corridor and then there's a big double swing doors and there's two or three hundred people in there, kids running around, grandmas, granddads, and it was like, here we go. And we went in and we were all kind of... I mean, I was one of the older ones, and I was only 29. Uh, but, you know, there were people in the... There was a 20-year-old there, quite a lot of people, 22, 25 years old, all kind of students, unemployed people, working-class people, a few middle-class people there, welcome to, all dressed in charity shop chic. <laughs> Apart from me, I never had any sense of style or <laughs> clothes. Whatever. And as we walked in, the whole tenor of the conversations dropped and it was a really tense moment. What was going to happen? And one person stood up and started clapping and the whole two or three hundred of them just applauded us. And that my life changed in that second because all I ever wanted as a gay man was to be accepted within the working class community that I originated from. OK, it was a borrowed community, it was in Wales, not Lancashire, where I'm from, but that was it. And it completely turned us all round and 
you know, we were already supporting them. Now it was like full of passion. Yeah. Um, we were there on the very day the, at the end of the strike when the decision from the National Union to return to work was made, which is a very sad moment. The South Wales miners have been incredibly solid, and I think they had two scabs out of 22,000 miners in South Wales. They didn't want to go back, but it was a national decision of a national union, so it was agreed. And at that meeting that we were at of theirs, one of the miners stood up and said, well, it's all over for us, but now it's time for us to turn round and say to the people who supported us, we'll come and support you, and none less than the lesbians and gays who've been absolutely tremendous throughout this. Now, we, I must say, we never, ever went into them with any conditions. We were young and tough. We're old and tough now still, just like you are. And we went in prepared to deal with homophobia. We dealt with it every day of our lives. It didn't matter. We wanted to support them because we knew if the trade union movement was damaged, it was really bad for everybody, really. Um, but what happened is... Um, at the Gay Pride March in 1985, they came with a uh, Miners Lodge banner and a coach load of them came. It's a bit more fictionalised in the movie than that. There's dozens of coaches coming in the movie, but hey-ho, we, we, we don't mind that. Um, so that was good. And uh, Capital Gay, our free newspaper at the time, splashed it all over the front page, you know, Miners on, on Gay Pride March. And then in the October that year... It came to the annual round of TUC and Labour Party conferences. And for years, lesbians and gay men have been trying to get lesbian and gay rights onto the agenda of the TUC and, and the Labour Party without success. In 1985, the South Wales miners put pressure on the national leadership of the NUM. And in 1985, the NUM announced in advance that it was going to support the lesbian and gay agenda. All the other industrial unions fell behind the miners. And I would say to this day, you can draw a direct line between the miners' strike and the NUM and today's legislation enshrining lesbian and gay rights. Fantastic. To, to think that really a, a, an instrumental part of the reason that lesbians and gay men have got the rights they do today, not just in Britain, but that rippled throughout the world, can be attributed to the National Union of Mine Workers. How fucking cool is that? I'm not at all patriotic or nationalistic, but I'm so proud of that. So proud, so proud of the tradition that we have in this country. The Tolpuddle Martyrs, the Chartists, yeah? We have a fine tradition of fighting back, yeah? The, the, the cradle of capitalism was also the cradle of its opposites, yeah? Uh, and I am so proud of, of, of this. I, this has so much resonance for me. Eight years after the miners' strike, there was a further round of pit closures. And b bizarrely, I happened to be living in a, a mining community in Lancashire. So I kind of reported to duty, explained who I was. Completely embraced by them. Uh, and I got up to all sorts of no good there. Um, and, it, and it was fantastic. Uh, and we... we, we occupied the bottom of the pit lane with what was initially one caravan then it was two caravans then a porter cabin so we actually formed a little village in the end uh, brazier on 18 months we were there 24-7 with the presence yeah uh, we kept the biggest fight going really in that, that, that particular battle but inevitably we, we lost in the end 
But it doesn't really matter about losing. What matters is fighting, yeah? If you don't fight, you just roll over and you play dead, yeah? So it doesn't matter what the odds are against you. It's so important to fight. And you just never know what's going to happen and, and, and how things are going to turn around. As I said, we didn't support the miners expecting any reciprocal stuff from then. In fact, we got that. And what's really, I think, very significant about that is by oppression excluding a certain part of your society whether it's single mums or immigrants or whatever it means that we're missing part of our army we're missing part of our brothers and sisters okay and and so really in a sense what the miners did in doing that they brought lesbians and gays into the movement to be out and proud and, and good fighters and good activists yeah i think that's all i'm going to say for now anybody any questions <laughs> um, what else in the film is fiction? <laughs> uh, I don't really want to spoil it for those people who haven't uh, seen it yet. Um, what I will say, though, is some of the fictional events and fictional characters are really important. I- I'll just give one little bit of a spoiler away I mean we were all kind of young radical lesbians and gay men none of us were living at home (laughs) we'd all long left home but in the movie there's a lad who's just struggling with his sexuality he's just coming out, he's in the closet Um, it gives you an idea what it was like for young LGBT people to be living at home with misguided parents who'd absorbed all the homophobia etc etc so although that wasn't at all real at the time it was real for some people and I'm glad that's in 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 the movie yeah I must say the movie was written by a gay man called Stephen Beresford uh, it was an, an incredibly audacious project because he was determined that if our story was going to be told at all that it was not going to be marginalised as a kind of minority interest, socialist, LGBT thing. He wanted it to be a major commercial movie. Think about what a major com- commercial movie is. Well, we'll have a bunch of queers and dykes, we'll have some striking miners, uh, and we'll have some Welsh people in it. That'll work, won't it? And yet, incredibly, they've done it. This is a major commercial movie, and so far it's it's having a tremendous kind of audience and you know I, I hope that Sun readers and Telegraph readers and Daily Mail readers will go and see it because it's a Trojan horse movie it's posited as entertainment and it is entertainment yeah for those who've got a political brain on you'll go and see it and think that's an incredibly political movie for those who haven't got a political brain and they're more important in terms of reach they'll come out of that movie educated and they'll think and I've heard tonight that there's some people who've got involved in this because Pride the movie has actually inspired them to do something Yeah, and I'm here because there couldn't be a cause more wrapped up in what I've been wrapped up in at all, I think it's fantastic (laughs) Yeah so Jack, Jack was saying, you know, as well as lesbians and gays, what about the BTQI community? Uh, and what about the emergence of HIV AIDS, as it was then? Um, 
It was nascent. Don't forget that the lesbian and gay liberation movement itself was only 15 years old in 1985. Uh, and I came out in 1973 when I was uh, 19. And, you know, there wasn't a handbook on it. <laughs> Just like there isn't a handbook on what you're doing here. You have to make it up as you go along. And we made mistakes. We did really silly things. Uh, we excluded people. Not deliberately, obviously, but it's, it's about consciousness, that. You... you it, it, you gain that as you go along and then you discern what your mistakes are and you, you change, you adapt and get it right. Yeah. Um, HIV AIDS was, was, was fairly new. I mean, it, I think it only f- it was emerged ostensibly in Britain in about 1981, so it was still very new. Uh, and it, it was the very beginnings of it and, and as you know, the, the, the government were, were just diabolical in their treatment of it. It was just about queers and... As long as it's about queers, we don't really care. As soon as the news came in that it was affecting the heterosexual community, then Thatcher acted on that. Yeah. Does that kind of answer your yeah, question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, solidarity to you lot. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Anytime. You haven't seen the back of me yet. If you'd prefer some more context for the Focus E15 mums, if you think that I am a biased observer, which I am, we all are, and let's face it, the BBC is, every single thing that you watch is a biased observer, you can go to some non-biased, biased biased sources and read about what the Focus E15 mums are doing. I'll put some links in the show notes to some really great articles that talk about what they're doing. You can go and watch Russell Brand talk about it on The Trues. You can, there's loads of different places that you can find out about what they're doing. Just Google them. You don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to take their word for it. But I think their word matters more and should be listened to the most here. Because the things that we say about young, working-class women in this culture and working class men too and black working class people and every kind of poorer person than the people who we consider to be worthwhile is a bunch of fucking lies like the way that we paint the working class is not true I know this you must some of you know this But we need to keep it in mind. We need to remember who the people with the power are. We need to stop painting benefits as anything other than people accessing a reasonable thing that should be available and isn't even available because benefits are being cut left, right and centre. People do not have what you think they have. And not you, but what some people think they have. Maybe you. They're not those people. They're the people I grew up with. They're the people that some of you grew up with. There may be even some of you. Jasmine and Sam and the rest of the E15 mums and their supporters, they're brave people. They're doing hard things. And they're taking it bloody seriously because it is serious because it's their lives. It's their lives we're playing with when we write bullshit about people in papers. It's their lives that we're playing with when we make stupid comments to our friends in the pub as we enjoy our relative level of privilege that they don't have necessarily and it's got to stop 
We've got to stop buying the lies that we are told. We have to stop buying into the information that we are served up because that information is designed to split us up, to put us against each other. And if you can go and visit them, go and visit them. If you can support them, support them. If you can come tomorrow on Thursday, so if this is after Thursday, that's gone. If you can come tomorrow at 9.30 and stand outside the courthouse and say, these people are like me and they deserve housing. It's so, it's so absurd to say they deserve housing. Like, it's like saying they deserve food or love or, you know, freedom. These things are things we should all have. So follow the Focus E15 mums. Listen to what they've got to say. Stand with them if you can. Next week, Getting Better Acquainted will be reverting to its normal format. Be excellent to each other. Solidarity. Thanks for listening. find it on Facebook, it's Getting Better Acquainted, have a search on Facebook and like it, or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app, you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.